You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I'm Wes Kosova. Today on The Big Take, Bloomberg's Israel Bureau Chief Ethan Bronner is here to tell us about Israel's preparations for a ground invasion of Gaza and about the intense diplomatic efforts behind the scenes to try to prevent this war from spreading. Ethan, you're in Tel Aviv. What is life like there right now? It's uh, very grim, to be honest. Uh, I live fortunately, in really one of the liveliest uh, downtown areas of any city in the world. Where I live is a confluence of people heading to the beach normally, outdoor cafes, incredible restaurants, beautiful shops. And uh, this morning when I walked from uh, my apartment to the office, it was essentially empty. It felt like it was Yom Kippur here. Schools are still closed here. Uh, Many shops are closed, restaurants are not open. People have a sense of mourning uh, because of the hundreds of dead. And the other thing is that there are so many people who have been called up into reserve military duty that families are split and nervous. Uh, There is an incredible sense of betrayal in the country, a feeling that everything has gone terribly wrong. And it's, it's really a very funereal feeling right now in Israel. You mentioned a lot of soldiers being called up into service. And of course, Israel has been talking about a possible land invasion of Gaza. For several days, they've been telling people in Gaza in the north to leave to go to the south. How is that actually going? How can so many people leave and are they able to leave? Well, um, it's an enormously uh, problematic request, obviously. The Israelis have essentially asked 1.1 million people to leave the northern part of the Gaza Strip and go below the river that divides the Strip into north and south. Uh, about a half a million seem to have gone. This is a standard thing All every time Israel has dealt with these kinds of situations. It happened in southern Lebanon as well, in which you tell people to leave because we are going to come carry out military activities and we don't want you to die. And the people have nowhere else to go. They don't have house insurance. They don't have a lease on their house. They don't think they're going to get their place back. And so they, some of them don't leave. And in this case also, Hamas has tried very hard to prevent them from leaving. So it looks like about half have left, but it's a very messy situation, of course. And why is it that they want people to evacuate the north specifically? While Hamas has been running all of the Gaza Strip for 16 years, their offices and operations are centered in Gaza City, which is in the north. 
and that's where they plan to carry out their first, apparently, ground activity. Can you explain exactly what the goal is, that they would move people to the south, they would destroy the north, and then what happens after that? Well, they, of course, haven't told us. But, I mean, I think the idea is that the more of Hamas's governing and military infrastructure that they can physically destroy, the more leaders that they can kill, the further they will be to their goal of making it impossible for Hamas to rule in the Gaza Strip and to inflict the kind of harm it did on Israel in the future. That is their goal. And is the assumption that Hamas fighters would remain in the north under siege or that they would too move south? No, I don't think they're expected to move south. Hamas has been waiting for years. I mean, there, there have been, this, is, this will be the third major uh, ground invasion by Israel. The first was in 0809, that was one in 14. Hamas has done a very clever job of building underground tunnels uh, in which they, from which they would emerge in order to confront oncoming uh, troops and kill them. So they, and they, they put out a little tape the other day showing their fighters emerging from these holes in the field and taking over a tank and killing the soldiers in the tank and saying, and then they wrote in Hebrew, welcome, we're waiting for you. So, of course, that's, the, the Israelis don't assume that they will leave, no. Uh, the Israelis assume that they will stay and they assume that it will be tough and that they will win. That's what they assume. As you say, Hamas knows every corner of Gaza. Is there a danger that Israel's defense forces are walking into a trap that it, once they're there, it could be very difficult for them to prevail? It is absolutely a danger that they could be walking into a trap and that they could not prevail. I, I, I mean, there's no doubt that this is something that the that Hamas fighters have been preparing for for a long time. So there's every reason in the world to be afraid of it. Now, that is also why the Israelis have been pounding so heavily from above and insisting that people leave in a way they haven't done before in order to clear the field for their arrival. And they've got a plan. I can't tell you whether it's a sane plan, but they have a plan. They are just feeling an extraordinary level of rage and humiliation and anger uh, and, and desire for revenge for what happened to their unsuspecting civilians, kids, grandmothers on Saturday, October 7th. It, it was one of the most brutal things one could imagine. So that's the first thing. They want to say to these people, you know, we're not afraid of death either, okay? We're, gonna, we're willing to go in and lose our guys because we're going to win. That's the first thing. The second thing is we have to assume that they have some notion that they might actually be able to win. I mean, it is, after all, true that the Israeli army should be more powerful than the Hamas military, which maybe has 30 or 40,000 men under arms, and we know of 360,000 Israeli reservists who've been called up. A population of 10 million here, a population of 2 million there. So it seems like Israel should be able to win if it's willing to sustain losses, and that's what it says it is. Ethan, is there any more information about how Hamas was able to breach Israel's military complex on October 7? The details are emerging slowly. They uh, have let out some. I mean, a number of things happened. It was a fairly sophisticated breach uh, so that there were 
at least 2,500, perhaps 3,000 militants who took part. And they uh, used drones to take out cameras and, and guns and other things on the border. And uh, they then messed with this communications equipment that people have on the, the bases. They showed up early at the bases and killed the guards and that sort of thing. I mean, the you know, it's a little hard to imagine that people could just wander onto military bases anywhere, especially in a place that's as heavily guarded as Israel. And I think that the crazy, but nonetheless important answer to how this happened, that the most important answer is not technological, the most important answer is conceptual, which is that the Israeli military had over the last two years come to the conclusion, and not just the military, the entire security and governing apparatus, that Hamas had lost interest in any serious military fight. And so therefore, it was a fairly relaxed atmosphere in the South, and they had begun to move many of their uh, more operational aspects to the West Bank. Ethan, all of this, of course, is complicated by the many hostages that Hamas took into Gaza. Yes, that's right. Um, we've just learned that uh, the Israeli army has now identified 199 such hostages, and the, the number is likely to grow still further. We believe that there are at least three dozen countries that are represented among the hostages. So, uh, and I think more than 30 of them are American. So it's a very complex picture indeed. And the desire to sort of uh, cut a deal to get them out is very high. I think that in Israel, it must be, uh, it must be understood that in Israel, the anger and the desire to not appear soft is so great that there is a quiet acceptance that the hostages may be sacrificed in this operation. After the break, the U.S. defends Israel, but urges caution. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. 
Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. What happened in Gaza, in my view, is Hamas and the extreme elements of Hamas don't represent all the Palestinian people. And, uh, I think that it would be a mistake to, uh, for Israel to occupy Gaza again. We did, but to going in and taking out the extremists, the uh, Hezbollah is up north, but Hamas down south is a necessary requirement. Ethan, there's a very big diplomatic push by the U.S. and other nations to try to keep this conflict from spreading. Can you tell us? exactly what's happening with that now. Indeed. It, in, in fact, it's a mixture of diplomacy and um, military show of force. So the United States has moved two large battle fleets to the Mediterranean, uh, each of the two anchored, if you like, by a large carrier, in one case, the Gerald R. Ford and the other, the Eisenhower. The point of their being there is to say to Hezbollah in Lebanon and to Iran, the sponsors of Hezbollah in Lebanon, that they ought not to consider entering into the fray while this is happening, which in fact they have to some extent. There have been exchanges back and forth with southern Lebanon most days. Israel has been relatively contained in its response in order to also not let it escalate. Uh, but I have to tell you that there is also a, a school of thought in Israel, which is, let's take them all on, okay? We can't live under this kind of threat anymore. You know what? We're going to all get into, into uniform, and we're going to do this. Now, I, that's not the dominant school of thought here, but it is out there. And the Americans are here, and, and Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, came and said, do not do that. Do not Get, try to get Hezbollah involved, it is too dangerous. But interestingly, it seems that the Americans are also saying to the Israelis, if you act that way and then Hezbollah does begin to rain thousands of missiles down on you, we're here and we're gonna take part. The world has just witnessed a great evil. The deadliest attack on civilians in the history of the state of Israel and the bloodiest day in Jewish history since the end of the Holocaust. So make no mistake, the United States will make sure that Israel has what it needs to defend itself. And Israel has a right to protect its people. At the same time, we have uh, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who's been on a shuttle diplomacy for a bunch of days. He's been to six or eight countries. And he's gone to Saudi Arabia and the UAE and Jordan and Egypt and Qatar. And his goal is to try to get sympathy for the Israeli perspective and get support for Israel's desire to, to destroy Hamas. There are two very different visions for the future and what the Middle East can and should be. There's a vision that we very strongly espouse that has countries in the region normalizing their relations, integrating, working together uh, in common purpose, and uh, upholding and bringing forth the, uh, the rights and aspirations of the Palestinian people. That's one vision. It's very clear. There's another vision that Hamas has demonstrated in the most horrific way. And that's a vision of death, of destruction, of nihilism, of terrorism. And from what we can tell, 
it's not going very well. The countries that he's going to are more worried about the civilians in Gaza that Israel is bombing from the air than feel the need to express horror at what happened on October 7th in Israel. So it's complicated. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is due here today. And it seems very likely at this point that President Biden will be here on Wednesday. There's an expectation that will delay any major ground endeavor uh, until all those people leave. Uh, but they're all here in a kind of joint effort to show solidarity with Israel in the wake of this massacre. And I think also, importantly, to get Israel to be careful in what it does in Gaza or as careful as possible. Ethan, their message is to be careful, but what specifically do they want Israel to do or not to do? I think that they themselves don't know. And just as I think Israel's kind of guttural assertion that they're going to destroy Hamas down to its fingernails is something that's just kind of, I don't mean it's meaningless, but I don't think they fully understand what that involves. I think that the American and Western European, Eastern European as well, perhaps, let's say it's, it's allies in Europe, they want Israel to know that they too were horrified, deeply horrified by what Hamas did, and that it's fine for them to go do real damage to Hamas, but that it, at the cost in, in, in civilian life has to be limited. At the same time that this is going on, we're starting to hear more and more from Iran, which is issuing sort of dire proclamations. What are we to make of that? I think we're to be taken pretty seriously, to be honest. I think that Iran has, from our, what we've been able to learn, has been funding Hezbollah at about a billion dollars a year, has been funding Hamas at about a hundred million a year, and it uses these militias to uh, poke and to plan to do harm to Israel. And I think they mean it. So we believe that Hezbollah has between 100 and 150,000 rockets and missiles on launchers underground in southern Lebanon, some of long range with GPS uh, guidance that could come to Tel Aviv. And, you know, Secretary Blinken, who's traveling around the region and his assistants and aides are hearing and are very worried that uh, Iran would tell, urge Hezbollah to start raining five or 8,000 missiles a day on Israel. And Israel has, as we know, a good uh, air defense system, several of them, but they, it's at around 90% efficiency. When it's flooded, it's probably down to 80% efficiency. If you have 5,000 missiles coming in on a day and you have 80% capture, that means you have 1,000 missiles falling on your country. That's going to kill a lot of people. People are scared about this. And the concern is that if Israel does too much in Gaza, kills too many people, that that will be unleashed. So the Israeli argument is if we don't really do serious harm in Gaza, our enemies won't take us seriously. And here is the debate. As we mentioned earlier, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken had been going country to country, and he said he wanted to share with the Israelis what he had learned in speaking to those leaders. What did they talk about? Well, of course, these are private conversations, but there was a, a very telling a kind of pairing of tweets on uh, the old Twitter, now X, in which uh, you have a picture of Secretary Blinken and Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince 
of Saudi Arabia uh, sitting across from each other. So the account of the Tony Blinken showed a picture of them talking and underneath it said, we're here to talk about the terrible terrorism that occurred to Israel. And under MBS's picture, there's a, a thing saying we're here to talk about how to stop the killing of innocents in Gaza. So there's a very, very different view of, of what this, the core of this conflict is and of these events is about. And I think that that is what Blinken is finding. He's finding it difficult to get the rest of the region to embrace the Israeli-American belief that the savagery of what happened on the 7th of October is all that you need to know in the way that it's like Al-Qaeda or ISIS. That is not how most people in the region, and indeed I think in the world, uh, for better or for worse, uh, view the legitimacy of the Israeli-American argument. When we come back, is a ground invasion of Gaza inevitable? Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Ethan, right now, Israel has the sympathy of most Western nations. If Israel does proceed with a ground invasion of Gaza and many civilians there are killed, is there a danger that Israel will lose some of that sympathy? Yes, there is a danger. In fact, I think that, the, that it has begun. The, the, the loss of sympathy has begun. It's 10 days, 11 days since the horrible events of October 7th, and uh, Israel has already killed some 3,000 people in Gaza. We believe that five or 700 of them are children. Israel is arguing that it has an obligation to take on Hamas the way the United States and the Iraqi army took on the Islamic State in Mosul in 2016 and 17. That, it, yes, 
Many people were killed along the way, but this is an act of supreme nobility in order to save humanity from an evil force that is coming after all of us. That is the Israeli argument with regard to Hamas, and it is not my sense that most people abroad are embracing it, despite the sense of sympathy they have for Israel. And do you think that this diplomacy and the possible arrival of the president of the United States in Israel will do anything to alter the course of Israel's actions one way or another? It's a very good question, Wes, and I do not know. These are extremely historic moments and days in Israel. Everything feels on the table. Everything is up for grabs. There is a sense that this government under Benjamin Netanyahu has been incompetent in some core issues, and that now that Israel is facing a, a kind of external threat, that major decisions have to be made and nobody knows what they're going to be. I, I think that uh, it's very unclear whether Israel can be reined in. My instinct is it cannot be at first, but that it will ultimately be. But I, I, you know, I have learned that predicting things in the Middle East is a fool's errand. You said whether Israel can be reined in. Exactly what would that look like? How could Israel go after Hamas without civilians being killed? I mean, there are, of course, various levels of the kind of military activity that it can carry out. It can decide that it is going to, over the next six months, take out every leader it can, it's sort of bomb from the air. But I mean, the problem is that because what happened on October 7th involved thousands of commandos who had been training for a very long time, they see an infrastructure that they that is going to come after them again if they don't take it out. And, uh, and one has to be understanding of that. So how they can destroy that infrastructure and not kill a lot of people, I don't think it's very likely. Do you think that it's inevitable that Israel will move in on Gaza? I do. I think, uh, I think for Israel not to carry out a ground invasion at this point would be seen internally as a terrible betrayal of a national mission. That is widely viewed here. Yes, that's my sense. Now, it may be that they'll only go in for a week, but I can't imagine them not going in at all. And these concerns about this conflict spreading and possibly becoming a much wider war? They are very real. They are very real fears. And, and I live here and I'm afraid. I'm afraid that uh, Hezbollah will start to rain down five to 8,000 missiles a day on this country and will not be able to stop it totally. So yes, I think it's a real concern. As I said to you earlier, there is a school of thought here also that says, bring it all on, we can take it. Yes, we'll lose people. Yes, there'll be damage, but we're gonna do two things. We're going to eliminate these terrorist threats to us in the future, and we're gonna send a message to those who hate us that we are not afraid to die. You and I talked some months ago about the fact that the sort of capitalist, innovative class, essentially here in Tel Aviv, took to the streets to stand up to an attempt to weaken the Supreme Court and the judicial system under Prime Minister Netanyahu. What has happened in the course of these months is a kind of civil organization that has found a cohesion and a, a patriotism that I think could serve this country for a long time to come. And one of the most interesting things that has happened 
since uh, the attack of October 7th is that the organization focused on demonstrating against this government turned on a dime and became a fundraising civil help organization for the army and whoever needed it in the South. They've raised tens of millions of dollars. They're driving around distributing equipment and food and so forth. And there is a sense that the core values of this country are going to be held onto. And once this thing is over, democracy and those kinds of issues are going to be reestablished on some level. I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen, but there is a sentiment that's driving a fair amount of activity here, uh, which is um, very powerful. Ethan, thank you. It's always good to speak with you. Thank you, Wes. Same. Thanks for listening to us here at The Big Take. It's a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And we'd love to hear from you. Email us questions or comments to bigtake at bloomberg.net. This episode was produced and engineered by our supervising producer, Vicki Vergolina. Our senior producer is Catherine Fink. Our original music was composed by Leo Sidrin. I'm Wes Kosova. We'll be back tomorrow with another Big Take. Success. It's discipline. It's teamwork. It's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing global wealth management and investment banking firms in the industry. Stiefel. It's where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.